Um, in this episode, episode number 83, we discuss um, stocks and properties for the final time. It's part four, um, where we actually provide you with some personal stories and some experiences as to why we are either pro-property or pro-stocks. Um, before you listen to this episode, we really recommend you to listen to part one, two, and three to give you a better understanding as to our thinking and, and where we are. Um, in this episode, we talk a little bit about, you know, we give you some tips, we share um, our stories, and actually one thing we also do is we switch sides. So the property guys give a case as to why they would be stocks, and the stocks guys give a case as to why they'll be properties. So stay tuned um, for this episode, and um, we hope you learn a lot. Cool, guys. Welcome to episode number 83, part four, the final part in stocks versus property. Um, we've given you great value, I think, in part one, part two, and part three. In part one, we fought, we went back and forth. Um, in part two, we came together um, and gave each other a chance to you know, talk a little bit more about advanced strategies, um, which was a nicer episode than the first one. Um, and on the third one, we shared numbers um and i think that was a great episode just to provide some context and really give people an understanding of our personal um, um cases and on this fourth episode the final episode which we wanted to try and cover in episode number three is really just to have you know a discussion on more of a qualitative standpoint so some personal you know stories as to why we are pro stocks or pro property um if you actually stay on to this episode you're going to hear about um us talking for the other side. So me as a property guy, why would I actually take on stocks? And then we've got some final bits of advice. So just the last uh, segment to close this great um, um, debate. Before we get started, as usual, checking with the guys, how's everyone doing? Um, Daniel, we'll start with you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm doing good. Weather's shining in, in, in the UK, so I can't complain. How's work? Works I feel right. like I feel like you've made an, another another purchase of equipment, like a scooter <laughs> or something along those lines. Like you've got that look on your face. Oh no, 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 no. nothing, nothing. Um, just just been relaxing, just enjoying. Uh, be back to the office in a couple of weeks, but apart from that, all good. Okay. Sure. You're repping. I see you repping a different brand today. What's happening? <laughs> Is this sponsorship? We didn't get we didn't get a check. We didn't didn't get an email. So ACG (laughs) is actually officially into sponsorships for any of those listening. And if you haven't tuned out to uh Doccast, which is a podcast that we actually love, um ACG just did our first sponsorship of that podcast. So make sure to check that out if you haven't. Um but no, all uh (laughs) we're not our podcast on our podcast. (laughs) Wait, let me understand, let me understand how that works financially. So so, so everyone who's listening to this, jump off of this. Go listen to the podcast and enjoy the the sponsorship. Yeah, and it's actually specifically episode number five. That's the one that I... uh, All the episodes are great. If I was to summarize it, it's basically Joe Rogan podcast, but even funnier. And it's a one-man entertainment show. The name... Of that gentleman is Mohammed Sadiq Hussain, but just check out episode five Legend. and the first, the first one minute, and then you'll completely understand everything that I'm talking about right now. So just quickly, just to understand, so he, so the legend himself is wearing your, is wearing ACG hats, and who's paying who? That's kind of what I want all, to understand. All, all, I, all I can say that that this type of contractual arrangement between me and Dotcast is it's similar private. to what is similar to what Joe Budden had set up in Spotify. <laughs> And I can't disclose the details because you know it's all it's all tied up contractually. But eventually, when the accountants release the information, I'm happy to happy to disclose. As as long as the accounting is not just an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we digress. Now, overall, um, overall, pretty good. Still in the UK. I actually extended my trip for a couple more weeks. The weather was good. Uh, was good. Um, and yeah, just making the most of being back in the UK for a little bit longer before I go back to Stockholm. But all uh, all good. Olu, how are you doing? No, not Olu. Good. How's Bo? How's Bo doing? That, yeah, how's cool. Bo doing? Bo's still alive. Um, <laughs> I guess that's the first. That's a good start. start. A good start. <laughs> um, he's enjoyed the, the the weekend. So on um, what day was it? Saturday we went mini golf with a few friends. Um, then Sunday or Monday ended up going for um a barbecue at my brother's place. So he got to meet my nephews. 
um, and interact with them. So thankfully, he didn't bite any of them or bark at any of them. So that was good. Um, Saturday, I actually went to the gym, which was the first time in over one year. Um, and I'm still feeling sore. So normally my workout has been just running, cardio, mm-hmm. working working out at home, playing football. But that was the first time I actually stepped in the in the gym and lifted some weights. I saw the picture. Um, you definitely look lost. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 next to the Sean. You definitely and you tried to flip it like oh the Sean, he didn't tell me about wearing a vest. I was like, bro, I wouldn't like, say you, lost, you. I just I didn't know the dress code. He came in a vest, <laughs> I came in a tracksuit bottom. I thought I didn't know what the tie was. No, I thought and, it, looked like was, it looked like he was wearing jeans. What was you wearing tracksuit bottoms? <laughs> tracksuit. <laughs> no, I don't wear jeans. <laughs> I don't wish. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to. I have to agree. It definitely looked like, and not just black, not jeans. It looked like buka, buka, black jeans. These are my gym jeans. Let me just let me just put these on. Imagine me trying to do squats in jeans. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say your your traps do look a little bit more pumped today. So then it, it makes sense. And just to clarify, in case any of the listeners missed what we're talking about. Olu made his very big announcement at the end of the last episode, the group discussion, where he announced that he does have a new pet dog called Bo. So in case you're wondering uh, what Olu was describing, that was it. And you, yeah, I, in case I, you missed that announcement, make sure to check it out. I think I think actually it'll be a good episode at some point for you to share the experiences the with both. I've, I've, I've heard about I've heard about like the loyalty that is established and um it's like it's very unmatched. So no it's good. I think it's good, yeah, right. And I could do an episode about it. I think the only thing I would recommend to people is getting a puppy is tough because you have to go through all the training elements. So I would advise for people to probably adopt like a one year old where it's already gone through those sort of early stage training um because there's a lot of lack or reduction in sleep on my side. So basically, um, you're stressed. But, <laughs> but apart from that, you know, <laughs> it's been good. <laughs> I didn't know that for <laughs> all is happening. <laughs> cool. And in my side, I'm good. I'm I'm well. I'm I'm um um back to no sort else. of a yeah. I know no one else. I had to just say it. <laughs> yeah, Pavila, how how Pavila, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm back to sort of more of a um routine. Ramadan was a couple of weeks ago, and it takes a while to sort of adjust. Um, just building up an appetite and things of that nature, but we're we're approaching the second half of the year. Look, so. look, 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 looking at your cheeks, you look like you you've been fine, Justin. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, they they they're a bit they're a bit wider. No, but you're not lying though. They're a bit wider though. So seems, seems, seems like you've been adjusting for I'm, a while. <laughs> two weeks, mate. Justin for two weeks. I'm back on the ropes now, skipping, running we're, we're back not, in the gym. Sure because. We haven't seen any of those skipping of videos on Instagram for a no, while. I've, I've, cha- I've changed my approach. I've changed my approach. Oh, why? Change approach because you can't skip no more. You're slow. You're like, out of breath. No, no, no. I was, no, no, no. I'm interested. I was, I was in, I was in the, you never lose it. It's like riding a bike. I was in the gym uh, first time yesterday in this year and today. So I'm back, baby. I'm back. Um, but good. Let's 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 get into part four. Um, so part four will be a very short episode. It is going to be the final episode of our, you know, properties versus stocks discussion. And the whole idea um, here is really for us to just end with some personal stories, um, things that perhaps we wouldn't have mentioned in the first three episodes as to why we're pro pro properties, pro stocks. You can be very subjective here. Um, this is just some things that you would have experienced. And then I think what will be great is. At some point, we want to then do the opposite. So if I'm a property guy, why actually would I be interested in stocks? Or what would be my thing? And then let's end with um, uh, some tips for the audience. So um, who would like to go first in perhaps sharing a story as to what has made them so pro their asset class? Olu's, Olu's ready to go, man. Go ahead, Olu. Let me not hold you back. Go on, go on. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go first. Okay, so... Um... For me, it was in 2016. Um, I started looking and researching on how do the wealthy gain their wealth? So I think a lot of times, um, I'll say our generation, our ethnicity, sort of, if you're first generation um, in regards to growing up in the UK, in the Western society, a lot of stuff you have to learn by yourself, right? Unfortunately, our parents weren't able to pass us the 
blueprints of how to generate wealth, keep wealth, or grow wealth, right, or protect your wealth. Um, so I started sort of researching and looking at the top earners, the wealthy individuals, and I started looking at, okay, where is their wealth appreciating the most? And you started to see that the place that it was appreciating the most was through their stocks and equity in businesses. So you started seeing all of a sudden today, um, Bezos is the richest man. Tomorrow, Elon Musk is. And you're like, wait, is what is driving that? Is it their property? Is it cash that they have in the bank? What is driving that wealth? So then I started saying, oh, you know what? It's stocks that's driving it. So um, initially I was like blindly just investing into my pension, right? Not really looking at it, putting the maximum amount. So I said, okay, let me go and see how this is actually performing over. Now at this time, I would have had my pension sort of two, three years um, at that particular time or four, three, four years. And I started to see, oh, wait, it's appreciated by around 30%. And I was like, wait. I didn't really have to do anything in this. Like I didn't have to call a tenant. I didn't have to go and research a property, like all of these sort of maintenance elements. And I said, wait, this is something that's amazing. So then I started looking at, okay, it's good to have a nice principal amount, but okay, where is the cash flow? Like Pebilo likes to talk. How can I live off this? Right. And I started looking at different strategies of okay after you have that massive appreciation that's grown you can switch to start living off interest so like if you've got a million two million whatever you can then get a five percent and live off that amount and never have to work again and pass that principle down to your family so yeah that's yep. really what got me excited and made me realize that oh look because initially i was heavily on property right i was like Property, property, property is the way, right? Because I think it's the easiest way. It's what people know. It's what people have seen as worked in our circle with your parents. You know your parents bought a house, is appreciated, etc. So I said, oh, no, let me look at stocks. This is not like my mom used to tell me about, oh, when I was in Nigeria, I bought Coca-Cola stocks. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I'm like, how much is it worth? And whatever. And it's grown crazy. Like, And, I'm like, and I look at it as, look, as much as we've talked about stocks and I've been heavy about stocks, I don't believe you should follow just one. But I believe if you're not heavily involved in stocks and looking at it over the last five, 10 years and seeing how it's appreciated, um, you're missing out on such a great opportunity. So I started to get more serious, um, even making sure that I put capital, the maximum amount that I could put into my work pension, which was also matched by my contributor, uh, my employer. And then secondly, it was more just outside of that, okay, what additional amount am I investing into the market? Um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm happy because of the fact that one is liquid as well. Um, so I always talk to Pabilo and the guys about my Bali <laughs> dream. You know, if one day I say, you know what, I'm out of here, <laughs> I just liquidate that principle, put them in a dividends, live off the interest in some way like Bali. So that's sort of my experience and the reason why I've been heavily involved in or focused on stocks is just really studying the wealthy and understanding how mm -hmm. they made their money. And most of the wealthy people diversify through um, property, but that's not how they grow and appreciate their money. Great point. And, and you, you've also you've also seen some great returns in some of some individual stocks, like one you, you sold. We don't have to mention the name, but yeah. that's kind of like yeah. when that happened, that's a confirmation that, okay, if I do this 10 more times, or if this happens 10 more times, mm. you know, I'm, I can, I was, I'm, I'm onto something. I'll say that, Pete, because I think a lot of people look at that, and I'll be honest with you, that is not really even what my focus is. Because a lot of people look at that and say, oh, I made a 100% return in two years, whatever. Oh, if I do this three, four times. I'm not even trying to do that because that's not sustainable, right? If you win big, you're, sometimes you're going to lose big in those scenarios. For me, I'm just looking for that consistent... 10, 15%, which I've been doing with sort of diversifying with my pension stuff. And I've been doing with diversifying with my dividends. It's not even, I'm not looking for that quick win in that element. Um, there's a small portion that I allocate to more risky thing, but I feel like Warren Buffett with all of these people have said it right is if you truly want to generate wealth, 
it's time and patience. That's a guarantee. It's guaranteed with time yep. and patience. And I think a lot of times we're saying, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the patience. I want to be financially free. And I'm like, no, you become financially free in my mind more in terms of, okay, what businesses do you open? So forget about these investments, property or stocks that I'm looking to generate appreciation and growth. I'm trying to gain my freedom by opening a business, which is what I've done the last two years, get that ran by someone. And that'll be my cash flow, or whatever, to be able to be financially free and work from a beach or whatever. But hey, we're all going to need to work because unfortunately we didn't have that head start, right? Our kids, okay. our great uh, great grandkids are going to be able to live off the luxury of the hard work that we put in. But I think we've been so, like it's a dream to say, oh, we're not going to have to work, right? Even you guys on the property side, even stock side, you have to work. It's going to be hard work and that's a guarantee if you want to really make it. Nice. No, some nice stories that resonate. Um, and 2016, you was how old? Well, how old am I now? Um, which passport? Nigerian or British? <laughs> <laughs> You're 26. I was 26. I'm definitely, yeah. walk, I'm definitely I'm walking up on you. So yeah, early, early 20, early 20s, having those reflection points. No, that's early cool. 20s. Late 20s, brother. 26. Mid. Let's just say uh, mid. Mid, 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 mid. Um, <laughs> Shuo, would you would you like to sort of share your um, the things that uh, gravitate you towards property? Your stories. Yeah, sure, perfect. Yeah, I don't mind go also going because um, as hopefully everyone is aware, Olu was on uh, team stocks side, so I, I was also representing uh, team property alongside my my colleague uh, Pabilo. So the reason why property or why investing and the personal beliefs behind that. So I have um, three areas that are really important for, for me. So the first one is uh, a sense of gratitude. Now, this is a story that I've shared in, in, a, in a TED talk, and I'm really extremely fortunate to be in the position that I'm in today, where my dad got the opportunity to come abroad from Bangladesh. And I think for me, seeing where he's come from, whether that's property or stocks, I think it's investments generally, I need to make the most of the opportunities that I come across because I've also seen where he's come from. Um, and there's a lot of people relying on me, basically, like a family in a whole village back in uh, back in Bangladesh. And I know what I can do with, with uh, everything that I come across. So that sense of gratitude, of being appreciative of that and knowing that there's a lot of people relying on me, that's one reason why I've chosen a property as an investment vehicle. But again, this could probably translate to other areas. Um, another reason why is... I've seen what happens if you don't invest and you become reliant on one income. Um, so growing up, my father had uh, multiple businesses at one stage, but all in the, in the hospitality restaurant industry. But I saw at points when he was reliant on just one income, what happened, and also when there was little or lack of financial planning in the future or security, just because the information wasn't available to him that he was part of so i've also seen the flip of that where a business or your one source of income goes down um and the stress that this can cause for the family and i think going through my teenage years and seeing that has definitely left an impact and this is why again investing in property for the cash flow the security is something that i'm very conscious of and why i'm continuing to build that in parallel to my uh, career um, and then the last one very quickly is just the this is specifically property in my view. Why property? This is really give, giving me the extra security and flexibility. So Pabila and I both spoke about the, the cash flow that we are able to generate through property. And for me, this actually gives me a lot more flexibility in my career to actually take a riskier path. Um, I think I mentioned in an episode before about changing careers from a finance type of roles to more strategic or business. I only did that because I knew that I could take the risk because if it didn't work out, I always had the property cash flow that I was generating in parallel. Um, and now with that continuing to build, I'm also willing to take even more riskier moves or try uh, more experimental types of roles or career changes. And that's something that property has given me the security for. If I didn't have that, I don't think I would have been able to take the jumps that I have done. Um, and I really count on the the stuff that I'm building outside of work to actually give me the career flexibility so those were my three gratitude um seeing what happens when you don't invest and you're relying on one income um and then property specifically giving me this extra security and flexibility in other parts of my life specifically in my career no, yeah. really good. Really i good. also love the point you mentioned about um i, I lost it because 
sorry, I, re I remember at the same point you mentioned, a colleague at work had mentioned that your ability to take risks is based on how, how you've invested. So when, for example, you're making decisions with regards to your career, whether you can take certain moves or can you move to a different country, that also is largely impacted by what you actually have as good in your foundation. And when he said it, and he, he's 43, this gentleman, um, it really, although I knew it, it, it sometimes hits home a different way when you get it from someone who's sort of, you know, 10, 15 years older. Um, so definitely it's correlated to your ability to take risk. Yeah, and I think um, on that point, P, is the second point, which is so true, right? Forget about what we're talking about, property or stocks, right? For our listeners, you can't, we're in a generation now that you can't rely on just one income, one form of income. Like you don't know what tomorrow has. I think the pandemic has proved it. Um, there were people that lost their jobs, were laid off. Um, just having either property, stocks, creating some sort of wealth um, allows you to have that security and ability to just be comfortable and sleep at night. Because even sometimes there's been emergency things that popped up in life, right? And I remember when I was, what, 23, 24, I'd move roles, they messed up all my taxes and all whatever, and my paycheck came and it was zero. Zero came into my, like the month came, zero came, I'm and I called, up, I called up HR, <laughs> and I was like to them, yo, what, what happened? happened? They were like, um, yeah, we messed up our prior month, blah, 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 et cetera. So I was like, what if I had family, mortgage, and I was living check to check? What would I do so right now? So when did they pay you then? No, so it was they paid me the following month. So it wasn't the so luckily for me, I've always said I don't I tried never I've been lucky or I've worked really hard never to live check to check. So I've always got money that if I don't get paid one month, two months, three months, I'll be able to survive. Um and that was at early stage. I think that happened when I was 21, 22. Um, and it taught me that the importance of like what you mentioned, you are not relying on just one mm. form of income because <laughs> I couldn't say to them, yo, can you buck me, buck me? <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially when, especially when that one income is a really solid piece of income, like a big truck, because some people are earning, some people in the nine to five earn, and then they don't feel like they're earning enough. And some people are in a nine to five and they know they're necessary. Sometimes they're in a position where they're getting paid more than what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think in those situations, <laughs> Daniel's laughing. in those situations where you're earning a lot of money, I think it even sort of heightens the importance of really making sure you invest that. Right. 100%. Because that, that may not last forever, especially when, even when it's, it's a lot coming in. Right. So, um, yeah. I I say, um, PE, when you say, even when it's a lot, I always say, you first need to handle or be able to handle what you have before you can get a lot more. So I think everyone on this call knows when Daniel, when you were working in McDonald's uh, back at university, you were able oh, to work it, hard. Gee, you manage wow, your money. He took it there. Manage your money. It. And no, and I, the reason why I wanted to say this is because I think whenever we talk about finance and money, a lot of people say, oh, us four can talk now because we're earning great salary, right? No, Kabilo's talked about when he was earning, say, for his first property, when he was on less than 20K initially, right? When I paid for my yeah. first property, again, I was um, an intern um, at that time. So I was able to say, you know what? I'm not going to live lavishly, right? I When I finished my graduate scheme, I had certain execs who used to say to me, oh, Olu, how did you purchase two properties? And these guys were earning three, four times more than me. And I'm like, I manage what I have, no matter unless you can manage that small you're not going to be able to manage that larger amount in the future just just for the record i started on eleven thousand a year yeah so it's, it's that was in your that was your placement year right p mate 856 pounds and something pence a month boy Daniel, you had to learn how to manage that i had that to learn how to me that was same as me. Didn't even get as just national insurance, no, no tax. Straight, you know how it goes. <laughs> I had to save you all. I had to save you all. I had no choice. Um, um, no great points, Olu. Um, something would come to mind, but uh, Daniel, and then I can, no. I can go after you. Um, now I had to add some things to say from what Olu was saying, but I think we can we can defer that for now. Um, I'll go straight into it. The reason why I. I have to put my stocks out on. The reason why I was pro stocks uh, from the beginning is very, it's very simple, very easy. 
And the reason being is when I started working in the, the, the company I'm in now, at just gone 22, I wanted the money I was earning, the money I was saving to generate interest. And the interest rates and what the bank would give me is not what I thought was favorable. I didn't think it was a long-term solution to make my, my money multiply. So with the resources I had um, and with the knowledge I had, I started buying stocks. And I've shared this before, a colleague of mine said, you've basically got a risky bank account. And essentially it was because I'll be honest, at first I didn't go with a strategy. I of course did research, but I didn't have a concrete strategy of what I was going to buy at what price level, at what price point, and what was, what was my, my target entry price and what was my target exit price. I was just going in blindly, but fortunately for me, I've made more money than I've lost. Um, that's that's the positive, and I think that's also because of the types of stocks I bought and also diversifying the industries that I was buying. As you know from the last episode, some of those stocks haven't done particularly well, but as I diversified on, and explored other industries, other industries have done well. So on you know on the net on a net basis, I've done better than um, I've done better than I would have. And most importantly, I've done, I've outperformed the bank. Uh, I've outperformed my interest rate. So I've certainly got more cash than I would have if I left it in a savings account. And let's all be honest, if your money's in a savings account, it's just there momentarily. You can easily dip into it and spend it. So where I was definitely allocated it to something where I can't spend or, you know, do a Thailand part two, the money is safe, it's secure. <laughs> um and that, that's where it was. And I think that the interest kind of stemmed from there. And I think as working um, closely to the financial markets, having um, an insight into a lot of companies uh, from a public level, um, not an inside level, from a public level, and just really having, you know, some sort of a, a keen interest in what was going on and how it impacted my work as well. I think it just heightened my curiosity um, and also my... My, 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 my risk appetite for wanting to do more and to invest more on that side. I'm certainly not against property um, completely. I think it's a very important that we diversify. And as Oli alluded to, you shouldn't, and as Shua also mentioned, you shouldn't rely on one income stream. Whilst you shouldn't rely on one income stream, I also think you should diversify your income streams. Relying on one industry, whether it be hospitality, whether it be technology, or whatever <coughs> it may be, if that industry unfortunately has a collapse and as we know every industry has its own cycles you would be impacted on multiple levels if the industries you have invested in or you are generating income from aren't correlated and have probably a low beta as in you know it, it, they're not they're not highly correlated if one industry goes down maybe the other industry you know peaks you know exponentially so that way you actually you know you you cover um, you cover the cost of any down, down, you know, down, down, downhill um, losses, etc. So I think it's very important that you diversify in different industries where they're not highly correlated, so that when market events or industry events happen, you aren't left in a, a big hole or in a catastrophic state, but you can actually ride out the wave and not be forced to sell off any assets or force off to sell any of your holdings, but you're able to sustain that wave and maybe even invest more whilst um, the, the markets are in your favour. So that's what I would say. And I'll pass it over to you, Pete, to, to kind of round it up. No, nice, Daniel, on, nice. On this part. Um, no, thanks. Um, so for me, yeah, there's a, there's a historical piece, a backwards looking and also a bit of a forward looking. Um, so I think for me, one of the things that it, it does drive me, it does motivate me, I do keep it at the back of my mind. I've, I've always asked a question about how do you close the wealth gap? And, and for me, I do get obsessed about, you know, the, the, the idea of owning a significant amount of land, which you can then build on or having property, which then sits on land. So I, 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 it's, not spoke, it's not spoken about necessarily all the time, but I definitely keep in mind and focus heavily on things that have happened across the world, right? So things like redlining um, and making it difficult for some of people from our demographic to buy property. Um, and if you look at, if you look at sort of how many owners there are, of our kind, there's not that many. So I take that very seriously. I think there's also a mindset attached to that. So I'm obsessed with the idea of getting my mindset tuned to the point where I can commit to this, this, this property vehicle space and do it well, which has been so hard for many of us to do. 
So that, that's kind of, um, I always sort of keep in mind the, the history side of things. I think the second thing is I've, I pay close attention. And I think, sure, you mentioned this. Um, Oli, you've also mentioned this. I, I pay close attention to my mum and my father's story. And I think to myself, if I was, you know, what would I have perhaps done differently in their shoes? What would I have tried to do a bit differently? Um, and try to create that. They, I mean, they were, they've done, our parents have done fantastic with what they've had, right? You can almost say they've created magic with, with the things that they've been given. And so I just think about how do you kind of, if I was to walk their shoes, what would I try and do a little bit differently? One of the things that comes to mind, especially in the UK, because the way the market set up and your ability to monopolize and to buy, you know, a number of properties and, and not, you're not capped at a certain debt level, um, property is, is, a, is a sure way of actually being able to sort of create some freedom, create some ownership. And I think if, if my parents were not interested in freedom, at least more options. Right, a bit uh, their ability to control. So for me, historical, you know, what's happened over the last however many years, and and sort of you know looking at my parents' story. So those things drive me. I think, and my like today when I, if I say today and, and forward looking, I think what's really helped is that my first experience with my first property has worked out really well. You know, if that didn't work out well, I probably would have looked for a different alternative investment strategy. Right. So I've I've received income from that property ever since that tenant has been in there. It's been six years now. It's come every single month, whether it's even if it's just 240, 250 pounds a month is one thing. But the fact that it's working right and the fact that you can actually see your wealth growing over time and everything that you always read about and hear about, you know, patience, as you've mentioned, um, if you sort of sacrifice to save up and you put it in. So everything that has ever been spoken about, I've seen it happen in my own life. And so for me, I just say, okay, if I double down on that and I then find a way to scale what has already worked for me, then surely that would be a great way to create wealth and create options. So I think the fact that it's worked so far for me already is a big, is a big reason as to why I'm continuing and I'm, and I'm pro-property. And I think probably, you know, you know, in addition to the things that I've mentioned before about, you know, you know pushing towards freedom, monthly cash flow, real assets, and these points we've mentioned in the first episode, I'm I'm focusing, you know, this phase of my life on building the foundation. And I like the idea of, of using property as a vehicle to build a foundation and to create that generational wealth for, um, you know, my wife and my kids and, and their kids. So um, that that's some of the things for me, which which as to why I'm pro property. Um, and probably last thing I'll probably say is it's actually easy for me to understand. Right. So, I, you know, things that kept simple, which keeps me in the game, right? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's me. Those are some of the reasons as to why I'm pro property. So I think, I think these have been some great stories because I think it contextualizes very nicely um, our viewpoints and our positions. What's interesting now is we're gonna do something a little bit different. We're going to actually argue the other side. So you're going to basically say why you, were, why you would drop, let's say for example, Daniel yourself, why would you drop stocks tomorrow to invest in property? What is it about property that you, that would be, make it happen for you. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> right, cool. Um, okay, no, no, I'll, be, I'll be serious. Um, the reason being, there was an article released a few weeks ago um, and some stats provided by the of, um, Office of National Statistics, or the ONS for short, and it was talking about the you know generational wealth and the, um, what the you know wealth that Black people have accumulated in the UK, and it's largely linked to gentrification of the likes of you know Notting Hill, where the riots predominantly black area, and we saw that there were many black-owned restaurants, and probably saw the Oscar um, Oscar-winning, um, well by Oscar-winning director Steve McQueen about uh, was it the the number of stories that was on BBC, and um, it's called Mangrove, sorry, uh, Mangrove Restaurant, and there were some some um, episodes and some films around that. I think it's called uh, Small Axe. Was the, Small Axe, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, that was, was Man Yes, I see. Yeah, thanks. And when you look at the the data, it talks about the median value of a black family's property, and that wealth value is zero pounds. Um, and that's quite shocking, given that black people have been in the UK for a number of years. They've been in areas of that are now affluent and have been, you know, predominantly gentrified. You even look at the likes of Brixton. You you look at the likes of Dulwich, um, Peckham, you know, they even want to change Brixton to, is it Dulwich North or something? They want to change the name to make it a, more, a lot more appealing than what it's been known for. And, you know, the Indian household is 176,000, which is the highest. The white British is 115. 
Pakistani 115. Um, and then it goes down to the just before Black Caribbean, it's Bangladeshi 26k, then Black Caribbean and Black African is zero. So I think that there is a need for us as black people to be buying property, to be owning property. Yeah, I say buying property as well as owning it, but also keeping it and passing it down. I think a good film that depicts this is The Banker, um, Samuel Jackson, and I've forgotten the other gentleman's name. Um, and that movie is really good because they show how they went into different parts where it was predominantly white neighborhoods. They wanted to take over, you know, get loans from the banks and to buy property and to and to rent them out. Um, and I had they were very smart in the way they did it. I won't share this. I won't share the rest of what happens in the film in case you haven't watched it, but it's very good for you to watch. And I think it's very important that we own property and we're able to pass it down. Of course, stocks is a good vehicle. I think property is another vehicle that should be heavily considered when you're thinking about long term and being able to pass down, you know, putting it into a family name, um, LLC, LLC, LLP, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it in a limited company, and then being able to pass it down in a family. For that reason alone, I would say deeply consider property. I think it's good that, you know, there's always the forefounder of doing so and being able to say that this property has been in the family for years. There's a lady who's become one of the richest women in the world due to, you know, you know, taking over her her late husband's property empire that's been in the family for generations. And this value is not a small, it's not a small amount, it's not a small change. Um, <laughs> they even have part ownership in banks. How much? How much? Billions, billions, billions. Okay. Um, and so they even have you know part ownership in banks. So that, that's that's the that's the magnitude of their, their influence. So yeah, I would say definitely deeply consider property. Um, it can be fun, it can be stressful, but also it can be fun. And it can be rewarding uh, once you've done it a couple of times you'll get the the wheel of motion and and it'll be a nice ride just just very quickly i think great uh, points daniel before we switch to perhaps sure as to why he would um heavily invest in stocks and drop property tomorrow one thing i actually wanted to add yeah i've always had this this thinking in my head if you own one of these because because uh, because sure spoke about gratitude if you own one of these you have like the license to buy property because i also pay attention to how the property market is structured in different countries, right? And your ability to buy and scale and to create that freedom and those options, it's designed in a way in the UK that you can actually do that well enough. And it's not necessarily the same in other countries. Um, would you buy as much in Dubai? Probably not given the way the market is. Could you buy as much in Switzerland? It's, it's structured differently. They only want you to take on a certain amount of debt. So I think people tend to overlook like the basic principle, which is if you've got the citizenship, right? It's your license to really buy and, and build on UK soil. Question. Um, did you have your passport in front of you or did you bring it to the to the, no, I just, to the I just, episode as a prop? <laughs> I just I just popped it in now. This this actually this one, this one's mine, but you can't see it well. So this one, okay. this, is, this, is, this is actually Karim still. Can you see Karim's face? But P bring up that great point because honestly, if if I didn't know about my parents' story and see how much they value that one document. I know at times we've almost lost it and I've seen the panic on my parents' face because they know the access restrictions you have if you don't have those passports. And I can, I went to Bangladesh a couple of years ago and at that point I was curious about looking at potential land transactions, building buildings potentially, etc. And the amount of bureaucracy, bribery, so much stuff that goes into it just to do a simple transaction that we can do in this country that we've been fortunate enough to do, whether that's even stocks or property or whatever, people really shouldn't take that for granted because we've got so many opportunities here. Um, and we should make the, make the most of it, especially when we're trying to do such a catch up as Daniel um, mentioned, where there's such a big gap in the wealth disparities in the, in the UK as well. So we've got a lot to catch up on. Um, so very quickly on my side, if I was to be stock, so let's just assume Olu and Daniel have won me over. And uh, now I'm very, uh, very big into stock. So um, I think with this, I was actually reflecting because it was funny in the last episode, I, I was called out a couple of times for be, being asleep at the wheel. 
So I made sure this time that I'm right away. <laughs> I think that's one of the challenges of trying to multitask during a podcast recording. Never, ever do that, guys, because you'll be called out by your uh, co-hosts. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to dig out a little bit about my stock investments because I do actually have some stock investments. I just didn't share it in the in the last episode. Um, but the ones that I just wanted to highlight, and this actually emphasizes the point that I want to make of why stocks is good. So my Facebook investment has gone up 151%. Um, my Adidas investment, 97%. Diageo, which is a company that sells Ciroc, Spirits, etc., 52%. Revolve has gone up 70%. Um, Ethereum, crypto, I bought 20 coins at £240 in November 2017. Each of those coins is now worth £1,800. Now, this, of course, is very speculative. Now, the reason why I wanted to give those numbers is because with all those... Tama. <laughs> Just slow right down, big man. Slow right down. Let me let me but this is this is the this is the point I'm trying to make. For all those stocks, do you know how much work I put in? Two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Zero. 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 It's literally a few clicks. Slow a few slow down. a few clicks, a few clacks, and then that was it. Then the transaction has come through. Now, the point I was trying to make there, and I think Olu and Daniel have really reiterated that, with the property side of things, there is a lot of work. There's documentation, there's process, you need relationships, agents, all of this stuff. And at the end of that, you get that magical end product, which is the monthly cash flow. But for the stocks, if you're willing to just leave your money in, then there's really potential to make a lot of return for your investment with very little effort. For me personally, I love the process of finding a potential property deal I love the process of negotiating, renovating. I personally have a passion for that, but I know not everyone will have the same. So if you're looking for something and you're not so passionate about property, then stocks, cryptos, et cetera, are a great place to start and potentially um, invest in as well. Yo, you you might need to um, start doing <laughs> stock courses with those returns. I'm just saying, why are you in property? You should be giving some tutorials with but that I think, sort of return. I, I think I think to Olu's point, that's going to be a great tip towards the end as to how we actually see the entire investment game, right? Um, I just want to congratulate you on that on that crypto on those crypto gains because um, uh, you've, been very, you've been very humble in that space, but actually it's booming. Like I said last week or the week before. <laughs> on, the, on the flip side, I think we we spoke about it in one of the episodes as well. I also had, I didn't have a full Bitcoin, but I had some of a Bitcoin, which I actually ended up selling in the last crypto, you know, the last crypto winter, whenever that was 2017, 2018. So the other stuff I was like, let me just keep hold of it because I don't need to sell it. And I think building on Olu and Daniel's great point, if I don't need to sell, just just keep it and then see how it how it holds, yeah. You can yeah. sell that um, Ethereum and buy a, put it as a deposit for a property, that that gain. I I'm could, sure. I could, but then I'm just leaving it for now because if I don't need you to should. sell it, yeah. let's, let's, let's just keep it. Cool. Yeah, so for me, uh, go ahead. Oh. Let me quickly oh. go. No, yeah, yeah, so, so sorry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, because I think Daniel and P mentioned my views on sort of why I think property is such a big, just, um, just, just one second. I, I need you to raise your energy. I need you to raise. You, you're you're now pro property, so just bring the energy up a little bit. Come on, come on. <laughs> the, so the reason why I think um, property is great, right? Is one what Daniel and P said is previously we didn't have the access and ability to invest and purchase land, right? When you think about the property, right? If my if I my mom looked back when. She was born in Ibadan in Nigeria. Would she say, you know what, my kids will all own properties in England? Probably not, right? Um, and the real reason why property, and I do invest in property, and I think properties are great, is P said it's easy to understand and do in in the West, in the in the UK, right? Because even though my mom were moved from Nigeria to the UK was a nurse for a particular amount of years she was able to purchase two properties in the uk and multiple properties in nigeria right so when you hear that story and as your parents get, start to get older you start to have conversations about their will putting the will together and stuff like that you turn around and say what excuse do i have right if my mom was able to do that on the income she had and my mom and dad were able to raise us and give us all the opportunities on their income, the opportunities and income I have, 
I can't turn around to my kids and say, yo, I lived a great life, YOLO, man. I had bottle service here, there, but you know what? I got nothing to pass down to you. Nah, that can't be, that can't be the case, right? And when it comes to, there's just some sort of like humble brag when you say I own land. Like mm. when we weren't, there was a particular time when we weren't able to say that or have that. And with property, with stocks, as much as I talk about stocks, individual stock picking, right? You don't know what's going to happen in 50, 100 years, right? Facebook might not exist, right? I believe in investing in the market, right? But with property, that land, the title deeds and everything you have will still exist and will be with you, which then you can pass to your family. You can decide to build something else on that land. So that element, that tangible element and being able to pass it down to your kids, nothing beats that when it comes to property. Yeah, no, nice points. Um, great points. Um, so for me, um, and I think also, I think, I think I mentioned episode one, the great thing about this discussion is that every single person here actually owns both property and stock. So we're, I think we're well versed to speak from the, the, the different sides. Um, but for me, when we talk about, um, I put my hands up now and I, and, I, and I come to this point of passive income, right? I receive dividends and it, it doesn't get any more passive than that, right? <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, 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 I sometimes, all, the, all, the, all the truth is coming out of this episode now. <laughs> you know what's funny, yeah? Obviously, obviously the trade-off is around, around... It should be part um, one. No, obviously the, <laughs> obviously the trade-off is around enough dividends. We spoke about this, right? The ability to leverage. So yeah. enough dividends to be able to create freedom. However, when we talk about the definition of passive income, since I made those investments for the stock that I hold, I've... I've never had to do anything to it ever, ever, like nothing, like nothing. And I've received it, like, I can't say any other way, like nothing, right? So remember episode one of this, where we were yeah. going back about <laughs> passive income and you're like, property is passive income. Okay, well, I think, I think you put me in a good that point there. The, that was part of the that's, discussion. That was part of the discussion. That was, that was the character, the character yeah. we had to play. So, so property has been passive for me. It's been more passive than, yeah. than my, my corporate roles. But it doesn't get any more passive than 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 your dividends. Um, and every single year, to the point where I've received dividends and I've scrolled through my bank statement and realized, oh, it's been paid. Like it, it just literally, I I literally forget that the stock I'm, I'm holding is there. So for me, that's that's number one. And I always and, and I will talk about a little bit of my strategy. The second thing is I'm obsessed with the idea of getting in a company at a point where you've got some information. The company's in its growth phase, right? And then potentially the company looks to position itself and do an IPO. We've seen it time and time again, how investors have benefited largely by, by putting bets out in the streets, right? They put bets out in a number of companies, a number are gonna lose, but, that, but those two or three that win cover the losses plus gives you more. And you can't do that in any other game. So um, if you talk about the big wins and the big strides, you definitely, it definitely makes sense and it, it, as part of a strategy to look at some companies in their growth phases, even if they're already on the market, right? And, and hold for the long term. So yeah, I, I, think, I think the true definition of passive, um, if, the, if the dividends are, are, are significant enough and the, ex, the, the, the ability to exponentially grow your wealth, starting with companies that are in the growth phase and potentially pop with an IPO or things of that nature. That's why I would I would be pro 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 stocks. Um, and maybe just the last thing, maybe what I also want to add, my strategy is a little bit of this. So at this moment in time, I'm heavily focused into property. But I understand what you can benefit from in the stock market. And I've got some stock positions there. My plan is basically to build out the portfolio to a certain size where I can take a few properties that basically feed the stock market for me. Right. Because I really want to get this thing into autopilot. And and then I think Olu, I shared this, I shared this post with you. The, the idea is to grow a portfolio large enough. That when it gets to a certain when it gets to a certain level, um, a certain principle, you can then move that to a lower risk um, and position. I think we said, look, you know, put it into bonds or things of that nature. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so, I, so the idea of growing a portfolio until 55, 60, and then shifting it to a place where it's less risky, for it then to pay off and you can receive the interest payments interest. as that is a very, very smart move. So, um, and you can then pass that down as well. So, so that's kind of my thinking where my, where my mind's at. 
after then, the last a, episode. Yeah, go on, Daddy. Go on. I was gonna say there's there's um there's a great video by JL Collins on YouTube that talks about from a younger age looking at stocks, and I shared it with you a few weeks ago. It's an hour-long YouTube where he's talking to some Google employees and he talks about the simple steps to wealth. He's got a book and he talks about you know looking at equity, looking at stocks, and then as a, as you get older uh, to retirement age, then diversifying and looking more at bonds. Um, it's a great, great strategy. And for anyone who is investing in the stock market or looking to, don't try and time the market. It's more about more important about the time in the market. Mm. Agreed. That's and that's saying. the only thing I was going to say. Um, um, what Daniel mentioned, right, P, is I know that's your strategy. And you're like, okay, when I get the property done and I'll focus more heavily maybe on the stocks, just make sure you're putting a portion in there because you don't want to miss out the growth over the period of time. Because if I look at what is has gone up in the last sort of nine, eight years, I've seen like 40% return. Um, after the last episode, I actually checked your company and what they were given in terms of dividends. It was a nice three point seven percent dividends. Yeah, I, 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 need to, I need to double check that number. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know it as high. <laughs> I said I sent you the screenshot, but it was, it was a nice little dividends. Um, nice little dividends coming through there. Oh yeah, this is that's a pass. That's, that's really but I think Daniel, you you kicked <laughs> Daniel, you kicked off. You kicked off with with some great advice about about the timing aspect. Um, that's less we're going to basically end on that. So, um, sure, perhaps you want to perhaps give what would be your um, tip or advice for people um, listening to this. So I think my my one tip, and I'm trying to think of something that we haven't already shared in this uh, four-part series. I think the one tip, and this is building a little bit on my father's experience of being reliant on one income. Oli also mentioned that. And Pabila, I think you mentioned the great reflection about what would I do if I was in my parents' shoes. Now, I've had that conversation with my dad before. I said to him, when you were earning your income and business with the restaurant was going really well, why didn't you invest your money in the UK property scene? Why did you use that money to actually buy land back in Bangladesh? And his answer was that at that time, all the people that he was surrounded with, his friends, his community, they didn't know anything about the stock market or the UK property market. And they thought that was all a scam. And the legitimate investment play to make was to actually buy land back in Bangladesh. And after finding that out, um, he also said he had some, he got some advice from like an accountant and stuff again within the community that wasn't as qualified to give him that advice. And based off of that, him and all his friends made the plays that they played. Now, when I was digging into some of the, the numbers, if I took some of the money that he had invested back in Bangladesh, which again is in land, which is good, that over the, the period has kind of doubled, which is still a good, good return over like a 20, 25 year period. But I calculated together with him because I wanted him to also understand the advantages of doing it in the UK. That if he had invested that money in multiple properties in the UK, instead of doubling his money, he would have 14 x the money that he had invested back in Bangladesh at that point. And I think when he saw that, he realized the, the opportunities. But also, I think it's a key point about sharing information and getting information beyond the group of people that you're surrounded with. So I think this podcast is actually a great um, example of that. We're all sharing information. We're having conversations between the four of us and hopefully to a wider group of people. So my message and takeaway point is just continue to, to share that information. In the graph that Daniel shared um, about the wealth disparity in the UK, focusing on property wealth, Black Caribbean and Black African were at the bottom with zero. But second from bottom was actually the Bangladeshi community, which is a community that I'm from as well. So I think the point that I'm trying to make is whatever information you're gathering, continue to share that with the people around you. Um, even if they disagree, keep having the conversation. And eventually when it clicks, they will be able to come to you to, to get that info. And if you want them to learn, feel free to share with them. Take Flight Podcast. Uh, this episode is a great example and also previous parts. Great points. Great point, Shua. Great points. <clears throat> Fantastic. You know, we should actually do an episode about what you've just discussed because it's so interesting because sometimes, and I talk to Pabilo, right, is I have that fear that when our kids get older, they will say to us, why were we wasting our time with property when there was cryptocurrency? Is that, is that, you know, <laughs> they will, they will, they will. it's going to be that conversation, right? Because at the time your dad was like, okay, this is the place to invest. He made hundred percent return there he was like okay cool nice right but then hindsight was oh you know what 
maybe you should have done the property thing in the UK. With us, we might be heavy on this property thing. <laughs> and it's like, yo, crypto went to the moon. As long as he doesn't get too rude, then it's fine. If he starts getting Larry, it's a different conversation. We've had to sacrifice. When, he, when he's getting that calculator out to you and see, saying, Dad, you see this? This is a hundred Cameron will bring you these recordings. Show you, that. you are so passionate about property. You mentioned crypto for ten seconds. What was wrong with you? But then, but then, but then I think you know it's, it's a great it's a great topic because then I think it comes down to is there one or that two core right. things you're trying to achieve? And if you get there, in the end, it doesn't matter what made what returns. You got to your yeah. goal. Oh, so, so, right? so, 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 now, so now you're trying to just make sure you put that caveat in case Karen comes no. back to it. And <laughs> no, you will. <laughs> no, but on that. But on that, honestly, if, if our kids are coming up to us saying that you should have invested in this instead of this, then yeah. I think that means as a parent, we've done exactly the job that we need to do. So I would actually be more worried if they came back to us and said that that property stuff you did, that was that was the best play that you could have done. Because that probably means that we as a family haven't progressed as much as we, mm. we should. I like that. I like that. It's true. I like that, sure. it's true. Um, I'll give just a quick takeaway. Feeding off well, I would say, look, I'm not going to try and give any advice. Um, in regards to very specific advice, I think what you've learned from this invest, this whole episode of series is that is that <laughs> I thought I thought we'll just do it for me and the chore and then we just leave it. <laughs> okay, cool. Never mind. No, no, go, no, 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 mine is quick. Mine is just you have to invest. It's just mm. a simple. Whatever you decide to do, mm. invest. Right. Mm you've got it's, it's a simple calculation you don't invest your money is going to drop due to inflation or through consumption because if you've got your money in your bank account you're going to spend it or you invest and you see a growth if we're talking about 10 percent, 20 percent, whatever even if you go down right i would rather have that opportunity of it growing than a guarantee of it always dropping down and that's my only advice <laughs> Nandy's definitely going to turn that into a clip, hundred percent. You need to run that one back because yeah, that's a very strong way of of just helping people to understand the importance of moving that money out of the account and investing. Yeah. It's almost like, oh, Olu, run that one again, please. Just give it to no, them again. Like I said, really, it's really it's really simple, right? You've got two options: either you don't invest, you're going to consume, so you're going to spend that money, or you're going to lose money because of inflation and things become more expensive in the future. Or you're going to invest. And with that investment, it might go up 10, 20, 100%. You might even lose part of your money. But I would rather the opportunity of capital growth and an opportunity to grow than a guarantee of losing money or consuming. Simple as that. Oli, your traps got stronger when you were making that statement. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie to you. On that note, Oli, you're looking diesel dark. So I don't know if you should. Yeah, mate, Oli's been tensing his biceps. It's, it's because he went to shop at Baby Gap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's I'm swollen. It's just swollen. I, I thought Oli's back on the creatine, I'm the brain shakes, everything. The thing is, Oli, put the camera back up. Put the camera back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the t shirt. back to the moneymaker. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, I don't think I need to say anything. Um, great advice. Let's 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 close it there. No, I'm playing. I'll say one thing. Um, um, no, all I, I think I'm gonna just add actually. Um, we've we've provided four great great episodes. I think around property and stocks. Um, and I think one thing that perhaps if it was not clear before is clear now each of the of the members have both property and stocks in their portfolio so i would i would say you know develop a curious mind to to understand and see if you can sit down and holistically look at a strategy that allows you to basically have a stake in both because i think i think moving on from this episode and over the next 10 to 15 years you're you're still going to see myself olushua daniel playing both property and stocks right so there's not just one way right there i think i think it's good to 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 look at ownership and investment as a, as a wider perspective um and i think as olu mentions you don't want to miss out right things are only going to go up one thing i find interesting is people are waiting for this house in correction i'm like when because a new baselines have been set every day so things are only going up so i think it's good to be part of the ride um, and if you can do that in the property market, in the stock market, you'll do well if you hold over a long time.
H-O-D-L. H-O-D-L. Um, and with that, guys, we have concluded. We've come to the end. Um, fortunately, because we keep our friendship, we not you know, no more fights. Unfortunately, because we've really enjoyed, you know, flushing out this discussion. Um, but I've, I've thoroughly loved it. I've, I've enjoyed it. And I think if someone's seeing this for the first time, we recommend you to go back to part one um, and really check out and, and sort of follow us through. Um, and I think it makes for a great conversation, a great debate around property and stocks. You get different perspectives, you know, basic pros and cons, advanced strategies, our personal case studies. So we're not just talking theory. We're actually talking things that we've lived. And then today you've got some really nice, I think, stories to contextualize what we've discussed. Um, and I think has made it very human um, and not necessarily so, you know, numbers driven um, after speaking with you guys today. And with that, um, we close on episode number 83. So thank you all for listening. If you got this far to part four, if you haven't, go back to part one, then go back to part two, then part three, and then come back here. Well, you already, you already listened to this. So yeah, end of part three. Anyway, we hope you stay well, stay safe. If you have any feedback for us, find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. You know where we're at. Take care, God bless. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah. Fool, we never fly, but